You're listening to the Learning While Working podcast from Sprout Labs. Sprout Labs builds digital learning platforms that enable enterprises to author, deliver and measure high-impact digital learning ecosystems. Welcome to our next podcast in our series on AI and L&D. I'm Robin Pettit, the founder of Sprout Labs and the host of the Learning While Working podcast. In this podcast, I'm talking with Emma Webber. This is the second great conversation I've had with Emma on the Learning Way Working podcast. The first conversation focused on the 70 to 20 learning model and learning transfer. Emma is an expert on learning transfer. This interview starts with her giving an overview of her approach to learning transfer. One of the key features of her approach is what she calls learning breaks, which are coaching conversations that focus on reflection and personal accountabilities for making changes. In this interview, Emma talks about how she struggled to find the right technology to support approach. Her final tech-enabled approach has two features, a free action planning tool called Turning Learning into Action and a chatbot built with a mobile coach platform. What Emma's done is a great example of using digital technology to automate the learning process. It might not be the perfect replacement for a personal learning transfer coach or a personal coach, but it's scalable and affordable. Emma, welcome back to the Learning Way Working Podcast. It's great to have you here. Thanks, Robin. So at the virtual conference recently, you started talking about some of the work you've been doing with chatbots and learning transfer. Before we start sort of talking about the chatbot bit, I think we really need to sort of explore what is your philosophy to learning transfer and what do you think are the key factors? I think learning transfer is such an interesting one because um, basically, we're talking about the behavioral change part of learning. So how do we get someone to actually shift their behaviors after or as part of the learning intervention? And there's a lot of talk at the moment around um, the Ebbinghaus forgetting curve, which, of course, has been around for ages. But I think neuroscience is giving it a resurgence um, and helping people remember what they've learned. Um, for us and the type of learning we work with, which is often soft skills, leadership, sales, it's less about whether someone can remember what they've learned and more about whether they actually put it into practice. So, Robin, sorry to choose a long way around <laughs> to share a philosophy. For me, learning transfer isn't about remembering. It's about helping someone reflect and hold themselves accountable to putting into place what they've learned. So all our premises, all, our, all the way that we tackle it, is to help people reflect and hold themselves accountable. It's not about sending out reminders. It's not about giving them additional information. It's not about even just helping them reflect on the content. It's about helping them reflect on what they've said they're going to put into place as a result of the learning. Yeah, what's in the, almost the way you're thinking about it, it shifts because you're using that behaviour word rather than just memory as well. So that actually creates a different sort of sense of um, personal ownership around that that needs to be embodied into the into the person who needs to change their performance rather than all the bits around the edge. Um, I sometimes yeah. actually, it's just, yeah, I probably shouldn't digress, but I sometimes have issues with the idea that learning is about memory. It's actually about behaviour at, at, at any level. It is, it is, and but it, that's it's a very easy trap to fall into with transfer because it would be so much easier if it were about mem memory. <laughs> um, but I think, uh, you know, our, the people we work with, they're, clev they're clever people and they can find ways to help themselves, you know, remember 
or have access to the information. But it's much more fundamental about, well, why do we do something or not do something, even if we know it? And that's where the behavior part really comes in. Mm-hmm. So in the past, you, this sort of dual approach of accountability and reflection, how have you been making that happen? So really, it's through a series of follow-up conversations um, that are held over the phone. The reason we hold them over the phone is because it's about helping the individual have that conversation with themselves. And then there's a direct link between their words and the phone headset, and it kind of goes you know, directly into their brain and their, their body through sound. So at the moment, um, a lot of our work is delivered over the phone. We work with organizations either to deliver those learning transfer conversations for them, and we've got a you know team of people around the world. I think last count we were working in 12 different languages. Um, or we can help companies create a team that has those internal conversations. So we also help upskill internally around learning transfer, particularly learning teams in that space. So that's been really interesting work. And that work has really then led us on to the development of the, the chatbot, which is, of course, what we're here today to focus on. Um, and before the chatbot, I just want to explore this phone business a little bit, mm. Emma. Um, because essentially, I mean, working remotely is what I do most of my, of my life. And it's interesting how over time I've actually, and it's maybe the reason why I podcast as well, become very fond of that sort of voice interaction you're talking about. Did that sort of, was that a conscious decision or did it actually happen through the logistics of having to deal with diverse organisations and diverse coaches and then you realised it was an asset? So logistically it's really handy. We, we can't get away from that fact. Um, the, the joy of it is that it's really, really powerful and I think there's a big piece around vulnerability that people will often be more vulnerable when they can't see the person. And I often talk about, um, and I, I don't know if you can relate to this, Robin, but perhaps if I'm traveling away at a conference and I have a phone conversation with my partner, we'll often have a much deeper conversation over the phone while I'm away than if we were sat opposite the dinner table, at the dinner table opposite each other. Um, it just takes the conversation <laughs> to another level Um, When you're speaking by phone, sometimes, um, you know, it can be used to be very tactical. But but we find that people will become really honest and open and vulnerable when they're working over the phone. And, you know, we don't use video calling at all. We really are trying to help that individual have the conversation with with the internal dialogue, which is a very personal thing. And often when we're working with someone over the phone, they'll share something that they may have never voiced outside of their own head before. And you can really help shift behaviours with the minute you get someone really at that level of awareness, reflection and deep diving into what's really going on for them around what they're trying to achieve. So it almost becomes like the internal monologue that you, you have in your own head being supported by someone else. Yeah, and, in, and supported or challenged in a very supportive way. Yeah. Fascinating. It's a nice, nice thing to sort of um, explore for a few moments because it also then helps shape that fact that you, you weren't jumping from a spot of working with 
face-to-face coaching to um, working with um, chatbots. There was this sort of already a remote thing starting to happen. She, when you first um, talked to me about this, you said you'd actually gone out and spent a period of time trying to figure out what could be the best type of technology to help with learning, mm. tra- learning transfer. That you'd, you'd actually, it, it, it took you a while to decide which was the right way to go. I think even in that conversation, you didn't even say which way you had gone because <laughs> you weren't sure that this was actually going to work at that moment. You were just you were just doing a whole oh I'm doing something. <laughs> yeah. Um, why did you end up moving towards chatbot? as a possibility? Well, we spent a good two years investigating different types of learning transfer technology. And what I was really searching for was the technology that I would have designed if I could have been bothered to. And because I am not a technology-based person, but of course, everyone, you know, mentors and um, other business owners would, would challenge me and say, Emma, you know, you've got to get tech savvy. How are you integrating with technology? And, blah, blah, blah. and, I'm, and I'm, I'm investigating, I'm investigating. Um, but everything I saw was really around, you know, reminding, prompting, and um, the whole kind of prompting thing for me, it just strikes of nagging. Um, you know, the, the I think we call them um, boosts, or some people call them boosters, I think. Um no, Robin, that's not quite the right word, is it? I'm lo- lacking my vocabulary because it... Yeah. there's a few different types of thinking around some of those um, and memory-based ways of thinking about them. Sometimes they're retesting people. Um, yeah. Sometimes they're reconnecting and re- re- and giving people nudges um, to, to work in the yeah. right direction. Yeah, and, and so nudges is, is the one that kind of comes easily to mind. But I think for me, a nudge could almost be so close to nagging someone to change their behaviours and, and personally, it really gets my back up if someone reminds me, Emma, you said you were going to do this. Have you done it? <laughs> and it just – and so for me, I was looking for the technology that really was really core to the way we believe humans operate and um, the way we want to support people in changing their behaviours rather than nag them into changing their behaviours. Um, and so I was on the search for that. Um, and it wasn't until I came across the um, chat, this piece of chatbot technology that it really started to fall in line um, with what we were thinking and what you know I believe is, is the best way to create behavioral change. Um, and it very much was based on partly my, my team sort of challenging me. Um, one of the things I often says that learning transfer is really about helping the individual have a conversation with themselves. And so someone said to me, well, Emma, if that really is the case and you're just trying to get that individual to talk to themselves, well, why can't you do it with with artificial intelligence? And of course, I tried to come up with 101 reasons why you couldn't. Um, And then sort of said, okay, well, let's try it. And, And Robin, I did keep it quite under the radar to begin with because I really wasn't sure if it was gonna work. And I don't want to be putting anything out into the work marketplace that doesn't create really great results. So I was kind of, you know, hedging my bets a little bit. We were keeping it as a very quiet pilot. Um, and in fact, I think it was it was the first person who I showed the demo to who worked within a, um, was a current client. We were literally having a 15-minute catch-up. I showed them the demo. They said, Emma, I absolutely love it. I want it within the next month. Um, and that was the first person we'd had a conversation with about the 
technology we'd been working on. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting that you've got that great excitement so quickly as well. To give people a bit more context, how does it sort of work? What what happens? I mean, we're talking about a chatbot. Chat what, what, what mm. sort of, what's, the, what's the experience for the learner? What, was the, what were you showing that person in that demo is maybe a good way of thinking about it. So the um, the idea is, is that we want people to sit down and have what we call learning breaks. And a learning break is just when you sit down and you reflect on the goals that you've set yourself at the end of a training program or a learning intervention. And in essence, when we're working with someone over the phone, that's what we do. We actually sit down with them and maybe have a 30-minute conversation based on their action plan, reflecting on the action plan and helping them move forward. And so with the bot, it's the same premise that the individual is going to sit down and have a learning break with their mobile phone and have a conversation with the bot. Now, I've got to say here, Robin, before we go too deep into bots, the conversation with the bot is a different level conversation than the one you would have with a human. Um, but we have to be realistic that it is a very lower cost than having a conversation with a real person. And, and so I think if you're looking at your learning transfer strategy, there's going to be some strategic things that you think, actually, that needs to be a human contact. And there'll be some where you think, well, actually, that doesn't need to be the human contact. So, so firstly, it's about really creating that, that difference a little bit in your mind as to what's your high-stake high strategy pieces and what's your um, possibly lower stakes could be a way of looking at it. Yeah, so there's that sense, and I know when we do um, coaching work, there's a set of questions you um, constantly ask. And actually, it's when, with, with clients we're working with, you, you end up in a spot where they know what the questions are going to be. <laughs> and it's a little bit of pad, but the, and so it all, it's about automating those bits, but there's bits of the conversations quite often where it's, and it's, it's always interesting in coaching where, um, a participant will might start to ask for a solution um, mm. and if that's more higher stakes or something might be a, um, a, a, a critical critical part of the conversation and you do need to have a different relationship in that in that in that particular moment but that's the templating of the, the the actual reflective structure could be yeah it could be prompted automatically and I think one of the things that has helped us particularly as an organization to work in this space is that we've had over 18,000 one-on-one learning transfer conversations as an organization and there's been an awful lot of learning peer learning um, as to those conversations and how we can move people through to create the behavioral change and so what we've done is we've taken the learnings from real conversations and put those in the format of the chatbot yeah in another podcast, Mike was talking about the way that an academic who'd been working with students for 10 years um, summarised some of his deep learning into a chatbot. But it had taken 10 years to get to that point, to be able to build something that was actually really profound. It's not something that you can, you, you can know what the questions or what the responses are going to be with, at a, with, with, without that depth of knowledge base to start mm. with. And... And so I think, Robin, let's and let's go back to your question around how this actually works. 
Um, the first stage is, is the preparation stage, and this is all part of our TLA, Turning Learning into Action methodology, whether it's um, over the phone or with the bot. It's preparation, action, and evaluation. The preparation is when the individual makes the commitment as to what they're going to put in place from the learning that they're attending or the learning that they're experiencing online. And, and essentially, that's the stage where you make a decision that you're going to implement or you're going to experiment with certain aspects of the learning. Then the action is when the bot actually steps in. And then the evaluation is, of course, when we collect the data. Now, in our process, we've actually got two different parts of the technology. So I won't confuse things too much. Robin, but as part of our mission worldwide to make a difference to learning transfer, we've created a free online action planning tool. Um, it's at turninglearningintoaction.com. Anyone can use it. And it's a tool that really easily distributes action plans. Now, one of the places it can distribute your action plan to is to the bot. Now, the bot is not free, but just as a basic action planning tool and getting those action plans out to either a colleague, a peer, or your manager, it's a really effective and easy way to do that. So that's that's a standalone technology that people can use for free. But with us, we actually API it into the bot so that when someone is following up and having their learning break, it's based on their specific commitments that they've made as part of their learning journey. Yeah, so the, the bot's actually asking about those sort of actions and about them making how people are tracking towards those. Yeah, it's, it's loaded in. And what that enables it to do is be really personalised because it's things that that individual has committed to and they want to be working on. Now, maybe jumping forward a little bit so you the learning conversations um are quite often 30 minute sessions are the bot sessions that same sort of period you know it was interesting robin because we were thinking they would be sort of 10 15 minute conversations but the reality in the through our pilot process was really that they were nearly 20 to 30 minutes where people were really sitting down thinking reflecting um you know, whole sentence answers, answers all via SMS. And it can work either via SMS or some kind of messenger platform, whichever people use within their organization. Um, what you're really trying to do is you're trying to get have the learning break in a conversation format where you would normally talk with your friends. So if someone is a, you know, uses what's if an organization uses whatsapp then it's a whatsapp or if it's a sms you know whichever way people interact together as humans that's where we want to drive that chatbot relationship yep so it comes to the platforms you're working on already mm. and has that sort of sense of in intimacy that some of those platforms have as well yeah how people how have people responded have they been positive or negative are they sort of a bit odd to feel odd that they're talking to a bot rather than a person? The, the thing that really surprised me was that, um, you know, people, as I say, would do sort of full sentences answers and would also be really friendly and polite and, you know, wishing the bot happy Christmas. So there was that real relationship piece with the bot, even though they knew it was a piece of technology. And I've been chatting to, to people about this since. And 
it really does play to the fact as humans, we still want to have that connection. And, you know, it's part of our own value system to be polite, whether we're being polite to a piece of technology or a person. So that in itself is quite interesting. But I think what's great is that the people were really relaxed and didn't feel it needed to be a sort of a programmed um, programmed response because they were talking with technology. That is really fascinating mm. um, and really interesting as a, as a hu very human response to something that we normally engage with with other humans. Yeah. Um, and, and with people fully knowing. So this was not a covert operation of trying to, you know, convince people that they were sat chatting with someone who was actually texting. Everyone knew knew the playing field. Mm -hmm. To track right back, uh, it's actually interesting. I, 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 I do actually personally keep a journal and, um, and I, do, and I do think of myself as a reflective person. But it's not some, something that quite often people do in workplaces, Emma. It's just really interesting. A model partly forces people to have times to reflect by actually putting structure in it rather than making time to reflect. Um, it's just interesting in terms of that, so giving, giving reflection structure. Yeah, um, and Robin, I think you're completely onto something there because I find it very, um, I get quite, I find it quite upsetting actually that we are so busy in today's world that the art of reflection I think is being lost. And, you know, even when people perhaps used to sit on the bus staring out the window, perhaps reflecting on their day, you, you know, you sit on public transport now in Sydney, everyone is on their phone. I, I walked past a coffee shop on my way home last night and every table within the coffee shop was there with their device, either their phone or their, their laptop. And so what I, what I love about this process is we're actually helping people get used to reflecting and almost re-stimulating those pathways in the brain of what it actually means to reflect and think things through. Um, because I think we just get lazy and with much, it's, you know, it's much nicer sometimes not to have to <laughs> reflect and think things through um, rather just, you know, zone out, watch another clip on YouTube. Um, and, and sometimes even in the guise of learning, you know, it's, it's much easier to take in fresh content than it really is to work out how you're going to apply the current content, you know. Yeah, it is that, but yeah, yeah, and it's this lovely thing that you're doing of bringing that sort of reflective moments back into that technology space in an, in an intimate way as well. Um, so you, you've said a couple of times to me that you've worked with a technical partner to um, build this bot. What's been your sort of experience around the complexity of it? Is it is it a technical, really complicated process? Um. I'm just, let me, th good question, Robin. Let's think about that. Is it a complicated process? Um, <laughs> yes and no. The partner has been fantastic. I'm really lucky with the, the people that we have on team um, and to have experts that will, you know, help us in this space. It's interesting that um, even within the conversation that we've created, there's a, there's a three-word sequence. And, of course, you know, we needed to take all our, methodology and put it into the bot so even a three question sequence had 127 different sort of permutations and combinations of how people could answer these three different questions and so when we're actually creating the path for the bot 
it sounds really simple. Um, but it's actually, you know, I've, I've sat on long haul plane journeys <laughs> sketching out this, this process. It gets really complicated really quickly. Um, and Robin, I think I've, sh I shared, um, when I was part of the conference that I've become quite obsessed with chatbot magazine, which is a fascinating read if anyone um, has spare time in their day. Uh, and I was reading an article the other day that, you know, it sounds so simple, but it's, it's complicated when we think about human language and how, um, you know, words and nuances and different pathways. Yeah. It's, it's not simple stuff. So, um, I don't know if that quite answers the, the question, Robin, but, um, yeah, there's, there's complexity within it as with everything nowadays. And it's, it's, it seems, I think what you're almost saying is the technology is not complex. It's the planning side of figuring out what the way it's being used rather than the actual technology to do it. it yeah. And it, that, that could, that could be it. And I could also say it may be one of those things that um, our partner kind of makes look easy, um, given that I'm not from a technology-based background, <laughs> and that's what they supply with us. Um, now, I'm going to spring a question on you, on you, Emma, and I was actually struck by um, something you were talking about, about the, the criticality of the conversations. Sometimes in chatbots that have been used in marketing and sales, there's actually a moment where you switch from um, being talking to the bot on a website to an actual person. Is that something you're doing or thinking about doing? It just, it just struck me with that sort of sense that there might yeah. be these, these moments to do a handover. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so we have our bot set up that you can actually text a certain kind of a code word and we will then call the person and help them and, you know, they will have proper live human human backup. Now, one of the lessons from the pilot was our code word was far too common. And so we we set up the code word um, coach that, you know, if you're stuck and you need help and you want to speak to a person, just SMS the word coach and we'll arrange for, you know, you'll arrange a time to have a chat with someone. Now, of course, we were actually working with sales managers who were developing their coaching skills for how they were going to support their staff. And so we learned pretty quickly that the word coach quite often came up in conversation um, as part of a conversation about what they were going to do with the actions and not because they were in distress and needed to speak to a real person. So, um, yes, it's absolutely set uh, that if you get stuck, you can speak to a person. Um, we're just doing a bit of refining as to around what's what's the specific word that we use for that. It was funny as you was as you was saying that oh, I sat there and went oh I think I know what word they might have used and <laughs> <laughs> because of it, See, yeah, yeah. you could have preempted us, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> cool. This is this is really shape shifting work you're doing, Emma. It's really exciting and it's a really interesting deep complicated way of using technology in a really different way to really transform um, some of the real possibilities around learning tra transfer. I know you're not a chatbot expert, um, but it, what do you think some of the other applications in L&D could be? So I think the when people think chatbots, they often think about customer help and customer service interfaces. As is a little bit different that we um, we're not giving out the information. 
Um, but I do think that chatbots can be used in a broader learning way to actually share information at a time of at a time of need, or to really, um, you know, cut through the whole um, noise of apps. You know, sometimes I think people. Um, you've got to be even more direct than an app of when you're you're going to someone. So I think there is a way to share curriculum. Um, I mean, certainly built into our bot, we have videos, um, reflection-based videos from our, from our methodology. So you can actually use the bot to send the link to the video. For us, it's part of a learning transfer conversation. But of course, it can could be used in a, in a different way. Um, there is also the whole idea that you could use the chat bot to help people at the moment of need um, when they're trying to do something technical or when they need support, which is the same way as you would use a chatbot that's, you know, on a, a travel website when you're having a problem booking something or you want some information. So I actually think there's a lot of implications um, for learning across chatbots. Um, yeah, I, th- I, think, I think it's quite broad, Robin. Yeah, it, it, to me, it seems like one of the most accessible bits of smart AI-based technology that could be adopted really quickly by, by L&D today um, with real practical outcomes. And, and I think that's the thing I love about it is that for me, it's about thinking, well, what are you trying to achieve? And does this piece of technology help us achieve that? as opposed to, oh, we want to get into AI or we want to get into using chatbots, um, let's do that. It's like, well, hang on a second, what is it you're trying to achieve? And really coming back to the end outcome or the user experience all the time rather than um, it being about the technology. Hmm. Actually, I just realised I had asked you the question about what sort of outcomes are you actually starting to see and the results you're starting to see from the trials that you're doing? So... There's a few things that really um, surprised us, <laughs> and and one was the level of engagement. Now, of course, you know, if we're looking at a behavioural change outcome, a level of engagement isn't um, an outcome um, in terms of a behavioural change, but it is really an indication of how engaged and how deep people were reflecting. Um, so our engagement rates. I was anticipating that by the time we got to the third learning break. Remembering this is the third time someone will have sat down and had a 20 to 30 minute conversation with the bot, um, you know, actually physically took, taken their learning break, so to speak. Um, I was thinking it may even be only a 20 percent engagement from a group. Um, but we actually had 67 percent of people had three conversations, full conversations with the bot. 87 percent had two and 100 percent had one conversation. Um and the other interesting thing to analyse was the depth of the conversations that were people were having through looking at the actual um, sort of scripting and, and, you know, you could analyse the number of words in sentences and responses and all that kind of thing. Um, we could actually just, you know, read it <laughs> to see the type of the depth. But there's certainly ways that, you know, you can use big data to, to crunch what would be coming out the back. And then we also... Um, did exactly the same measurement process as we would do if someone had had a, a series of conversations over the phone um, and asked them to recalibrate their shifts in their goals um, on a scale of 1 to 10. And 
checking my notes here, Robin, because I wouldn't want to fire a percentage at you and it not be 100% accurate. So um, let me look at that. There was a 53% uplift in terms of their scale of um, 1 to 10 on their particular goals and a 35% uplift in their ability to achieve objectives with or without the follow-up. Mm. Um, so, you know, lower stats than we would get from talking to a human, much lower. But then in some ways you'd have to expect that. Um, I still think, though, the level of engagement actually shows how far people came down that process that they were still reflecting um, after three learning breaks. Yeah, but this is also interesting in terms of the fact that it might be a lower um, outcome but a lower cost as well because essentially Definitely. The, the, the people input of the, the, your um, learning transfer coach support people um, is expensive. It takes time, um, whereas the chatbot's a whole lot more scalable to achieve um, worldwide results that you're sort of talking about, transforming learning transfer globally. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Cool. Thank you so much for joining me. I just noticed the time. We've, 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 we've had, a, had a longer conversation than what we normally do. Um, and I'm off to change um, Sprout Labs um, Slack bot that does a check-in each day about what, we, what we've done that day to, to include, include some reflective questions. Good stuff, Robin. I'm glad I'm inspiring you to <laughs> turn your learning and put it into action. Really appreciate that. <laughs> Cool. Thank you very much, Emma. Great to have you. Thank you so much, Robin. Yeah, good to be here today. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Learning While Working podcast. If you enjoyed this show, please leave a review. If you want to find out more about Sprout Labs, go to sproutlabs.com.au. We regularly run webinars and publish eBooks and guides about learning while working.